The following audio is for Emmanuel Baptist Church. More information about Emmanuel is available at our website, www.myemmanuel.net. Well, you just sang with Scott uh, the, the phrase, the, the lyric, You split the sea so I could walk right through it. And it reminded me of a young man who was very serious about his Christian commitment, and he believed the, the Word of God, and he was, he was committed to living it out. But he went to State University, and he had a liberal, liberal professor who didn't believe the Bible at all. And the liberal professor one day, in kind of, uh, in kind of trying to undermine everyone's faith, said that uh, their studies had been done, and, and that we had gone back with models to, because of climate change, we figured out that the Red Sea at the time of Moses was only about three foot deep. And so he said, so you can see that it was not an incredible miracle for Moses to lead the children of Israel through the Red Sea because it was only three feet deep. And the young man who was strong in his faith in the back of the classroom said, glory to God, hallelujah, amen. And the liberal professor said, what are you so excited about? He goes, I just explained to you that that wasn't much of a miracle. And he said, no, he said, it's a greater miracle than you ever imagined. He said, the entirety of the Egyptian army drowned in three feet of water. Well, we have these narratives, we have these stories in God's Word, they're true. They're given by God, the Scripture says, for this very thing that we're about to do right now where we study them. And the story that I want to turn your attention to this morning is found in Matthew chapter 15. I believe uh, it's one of the most poignant and beautiful stories of all of the gospel era, the, the period of time when Jesus himself walked on the face of the earth. I've entitled the sermon this morning, An Unnamed Faith. The story is about a mother. It, 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 I was drawn to it because today is Mother's Day. The story is about a woman. She's a mother, and she's not named. I want to say to you this morning, if you're here and you're trying to live out your faith and, and uh, you're, a, you're just regular folk, you're, you're, not, you're not famous, you're, you're not in the legislature, you're not in the politics, you're not a movie star, you're, you're, not, uh, you're, you're not really, really rich so that everybody kind of around you knows that you're really wealthy. If you're just regular folk, I want to tell you that the great majority of the Bible is about folks like us, just regular, everyday folks. That, that's this woman. She is, she's not a Jew. She's not an Israelite. She's a Canaanite. That part of the story is going to become clear as we read it. She is unnamed, but she is a mother who loves her daughter. And I want you to see this passage, Matthew chapter 15. If you'll read along with me, beginning in verse 21, the scripture says, and Jesus went away from there And he withdrew to the district of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a Canaanite woman from the region, she came out and she was crying. Now, she's she's literally crying, crying tears. But it also means that she's... She's, she's speaking with a very loud voice. She's crying out. She's, she's yelling. We might, we might even say she was shrieking. She's, it's, it's loud. She's trying to get Jesus' attention. 
And she's saying, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. Now notice how this story goes. Verse 23, but Jesus did not answer her a word. He didn't even acknowledge her. Uh, have, have, you ever, have you ever gone to a big city and uh, you're going to be on the subway or the metro and the people who are from the city give you advice? Do you know what the, the advice always is? Don't look anybody in the eye. You know, because they say the only people who look people in the eye are crazy people. And then once you look them in the eye, they'll attach to you. So when you go to a big city, you're supposed to just like, you know, go through, get on the subway. So uh, this is the kind of woman that, you might not want to look in the eye. Jesus is not even answering her. And then the story goes on, and his disciples came and begged him, saying, send her away, for she's, she's crying out after us. This, this woman is calling to Jesus, very loud voice, trying to get his attention. And let's just be honest. If you walked out of Walmart and somebody you didn't know came over to your car where you were loading groceries and started saying, help, I want you to help me. Come and help me. You, awkward, right? This is just, it's a very awkward social situation. The, the disciples say, send her away. Jesus answers her finally in verse 24. He says, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. She's not an Israelite. She's not a Jew. He says, I I was sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him saying, Lord, help me. I want you to know this morning, that's a good prayer. I want you to know this morning, there have been times in my life, those are the only words that would come out. I was full of emotion, full of despair, nowhere else to turn. And the only thing I could get out was, Lord, help me. God answers this prayer. She says, Lord, help me. But he's still not ready to help her. Verse 26, he says, it's not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Now, you and I live in a a hypersensitive age of political correctness and we're trying to all be ethnically careful. This is not an ethnic slur. He's not saying you're not a Jew and so this is you're a dog. That's not what he's saying. He's using a metaphor. He's using an illustration. If you bring groceries home, you feed your kids first. If you don't really, you don't feed the dogs first. If you if you're going to run out of money, you feed kids first. So it's just it's just a metaphor. That's all it is. And, and she says in verse 27, now that now she's kneeling before him, now he's acknowledged her, now they're having a conversation. She says, yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered her, oh, woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. And the scripture says her daughter was healed instantly. I, I don't know about you. I, I think it's a beautiful passage. Uh, I, there's a lot here that I want you to see. So I don't want to make the mistake of just, just preaching to moms, um, even though this, this woman is a mom, she's a mother. Um, and I don't want to make the mistake of just preaching to parents. That would be a perfect application as well. But I want you to consider who you are, whether you're a, a parent or a grandparent or whether you're, you're not a parent or you're not married. I think there's something here for every one of us. So I'm just going to call her a person.
today, and I want you to see five things about this person. First of all, I want you to see a person whose character is spiritually discerning. When this story begins, we are told two things uh, that this woman recognizes right away. The scripture says, she, she says, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David, the first thing that she can see is she can see what is divine. The, uh, the phrase there, son of David, is a messianic title. Um, she's not just saying, hey, I went on Ancestry.com, Jesus, and I found out that you're of the lineage of David. That, that, that's not what she's saying. When she says out loud, she's crying out, when she says, Lord, uh, Adonai, Master, Son of David, she's declaring out loud to everybody who heard her, and everybody there did hear her, she's declaring to them, Jesus is the Messiah. I believe he's the Son of God. He's more than the Son of David. He's the Son of God, because the title, Son of David, is only for the Messiah. And through her own spiritual discernment, she recognizes what is divine. There's a second thing we see about her. She says, after she gets Jesus' attention, calling him Lord, Son of David, she says, my daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. And so she can also see what is demonic. She can see clearly what is divine. She can see clearly what is demonic. And we call this, this ability to see clearly what is spiritual, we call it spiritual discernment. Let me say a few words about spiritual discernment. I I want you to hear this. You are not automatically more spiritually uh, discerning because you woke up this morning. you're, You're not automatically more spiritually discerning because you're older. Now, when we talk about growing older, we, we hope we're talking about growing wiser. But, but wisdom, as the Bible explains it, is different than spiritual discernment. Wisdom is often has to do with the things of everyday life. Uh, a, a wise person knows how to save money and not spend it all. Uh, a wise person knows how to treat their body and keep it healthy. These are, these are things that are wise, and, and even people who don't know the Lord can have some level of wisdom. But spiritual discernment, the scripture says, is given by God himself. In the very next chapter, in Matthew chapter 16, Jesus says, who do men say that I am? And Peter would say, you're the Christ, you're the son of the living God. And Jesus would say, blessed are you, Simon, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. What Jesus is saying is, you didn't figure this out through your own gray man. But my Father who is in heaven revealed it. And that's what spiritual discernment is. It is the understanding of the revelation of God. And you and I have, because we are New Testament saints, we have the complete revelation of God as he's revealed himself to us. And so if you want to be spiritually discerning, you've got to spend time with God. You've got to spend time in God's Word. Jesus would say about God's Word, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Set you free from what? From the undiscerning world that we live in. Remember a while ago I told you just because you get older, you don't become discerning? The truth of the matter is, if you're without Christ and you're without God's Word, the older you get, the more twisted you get in your thinking. 
not the less. And so you need to turn to Christ. Here's what I want to say to you. I want to say it really plainly. Turn off the radio. Turn off the TV. Disconnect from the Internet for a while. Close down the laptop. Set the phone aside. Turn to God's Word. Spend some time in God's Word. That's what it takes to be spiritually discerning. The first thing we see about this woman is she's spiritually discerning. She, she can see what's demonic. She can see what's divine. And she knows she's got to get to the Lord, Savior, the, the Lord and Savior. The second thing we see is we see a person whose focus is singularly devoted. Today is Mother's Day. And as we think about our moms, many of us in this room had moms who sacrificed incredibly for us that we might be the people that we are today. And this woman is no different. This woman realizes that her daughter is being oppressed by a demon. Jesus has come into the area, the region in which she lives, and she's going to do whatever it takes so that her daughter can be saved, so that her daughter can be healed. And she, she does make a spectacle of herself. And that's really what love is, isn't it? Love is the willingness. The love is so great. Her motivation is so great that she is willing to to make a fool of herself. She's willing to make a spectacle of herself. She's willing for people to say, just get away from this woman. And she's willing to do that because she wants her daughter to be free from this demon. She is singularly devoted. She's also a person who is steadfastly determined. Now, this is probably the part of the story that jumps out at me the most. I, I want you to kind of see how it goes here. She hears that Jesus is in town. She finds her way to him. She begins to, to try to speak over the crowd. She begins to try to get his attention. She, she yells at him, Lord, uh, the uh, son of David, my, my daughter has a demon. And, and so this is her first... Her first attempt at getting the, the, the attention of Jesus, and the Scripture says he didn't acknowledge her. He, he didn't say a word to her. He, he just kept on going about his way. And, and so we know from the story that her, her, she continues. And so she's, she makes a second attempt. And in the second, and maybe the third, we're not told how many, fourth attempt, the disciples then say to Jesus, Get rid of her. She's a crazy lady. And she's just going to, she's just embarrassing us all. And she has to know that's what people think of her. She's, she's caused this spectacle. She's brought all this attention on herself. But she continues. In the end of verse 23, she's still crying out after them. So finally, Jesus responds to her. But it's not the response that she wants. It's a rebuff. She, the, Jesus says, I, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And so finally now, third attempt, she gets response, but it's not a good response. And so she continues. And this is where she just says, out of the weakness of her emotion, out of the, the frailty of being human, she just says, Lord, help me. And he doesn't. The Lord answers again in verse 26, and he says, It's not right to take the children's bread 
and throw it to the dogs. And she responds again. This is her sixth, seventh time now. She's trying to interact with the Lord. Do you see how steadfastly determined that she is? I suspect that most of us in this room, as we've been talking about each one reach one, our, our Vision 3000, many of us are getting to the place where we're talking about a one. Last week, I got a response card and said, my one received Jesus. God is doing that work among us. And so we're just continuing to rejoice in it. But, but some of us would have to admit, we prayed for our one, and then they didn't get saved. And so we went, oh, well, I guess they're not going to be saved. Have you prayed once? Have you prayed twice? Have you prayed three times? Have you become steadfastly determined in it? In another place, Jesus tells a story about a judge who was known to be a judge who would take bribes. In fact, that's kind of how most people responded to him. But a very poor widow lady went to him. She didn't have any money for a bribe, and she would go to him and ask him to rule in her case. And he wouldn't do it. So she went every day, every day, every day, every day, every day. And as Jesus tells the parable, he said, finally, even though the the judge was crooked, even though he wanted to bribe and he didn't get it, he ruled in her case just to get rid of her. And then he tells us, that's the way you should pray. Now, I I don't have anything to bring Jesus. I I don't have anything... I don't don't have a bribe. I don't have anything. I got less than the little drummer boy. He knew how to drum. I'm terrible with drums. I got nothing to bring him except my persistence. And this woman is steadfastly determined. I want you to say something else about her. She's a person whose temperament is submissively diplomatic. Now, finally, there's a conversation that takes place. First, Jesus doesn't answer her a word. Then the disciples say, get rid of her. And then he says, I'm just called to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And then he finally says, it would be wrong for me to take the food for the children and to give it to the dogs. Now, here is her answer. Notice it. Her answer is, yes, Lord. That's her answer. Yes, Lord. It's, it's not the answer that she wanted but she is submissive in her spirit. You know, um, it would be easy to read this and go, Jesus was really kind of in the wrong here, wasn't he? He should have helped her right away. But let's remember who Jesus is. Jesus is God. He's perfect. He's never made a mistake. And when he says to her, it would be wrong to take what's for the children and give it to the dogs, he's he's right. And she acknowledges that he's right. She says, yes, Lord, but look at what she says. She says, yes, Lord, yet. Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs, even our pets, eat the scraps that fall from the table. It's, it's a beautiful response. In fact, it is this response that gets Jesus' attention. As this As this story is told in the Gospel of Mark, he said it's for that statement that he stopped and gave her her attention. Well, what's the last thing we see here? Jesus responds to this when she says, yes, Lord, yet. And he says, oh, woman, great is your faith. Be it done to you as you desire. You see the word great there? It's from the Greek word, which is literally the word mega. Do you hear what Jesus is saying? You've got 
mega faith. This is incredible faith. Now, uh, you and I are not reading the book of Matthew through seamlessly. If we were, this story would stand in stark contrast to a story that's back in the previous chapter. And in my Bible, I don't even have to turn back. Uh, Look in Matthew 14, verse 31. It's the story where Jesus comes walking on the water. Peter says, can he walk on the water? So he starts to he starts to sink. He, he cries out, Lord, save me. It sounds very much like her prayer, Lord, help me. Lord, save me. And Jesus uh, reached out his hand. He took hold of him. And he says, last phrase of Matthew 14, 31, O you of little faith. This is Peter. Peter's going to become the leader of the first church in Acts. But not on this day. On this day, this stands, this story of Apostle Peter. Someone will have position. Someone, we know his name. This story stands in stark contrast to this woman whose faith is mega. It's great. It's incredible. And we don't know her name. And she's not an Israelite. She's a Canaanite. But God sees that faith in her She's a person whose faith is supremely admired. Now, it would be pretty flattering if someone said to you as you were leaving church today, hey, I I just want you to know I've always admired your faith. Wow. Somebody told you that on the way to the car? You'd be like, well, thank you. If someone said to you, I want you to know that your faith has really bolstered my faith. And and I I look to you an example. You'd probably just go like, well, Get, let's give God the glory because that, whoa, what a compliment that would be. But here's what I want you to see. Jesus isn't just complimenting her faith. The story doesn't end with, oh, woman, great is your faith. The story ends with, woman, great is your faith. Be it done to you as you desire. And from that very instant, her daughter was healed. You see, faith isn't just something that we, it's, they're not like peacock feathers, You just don't push them out and strut around and say, hey, look at my faith. Faith is what allows us to see the power of God in our lives. Because of her great faith, the Lord Jesus said, it'll be done to you according to your faith. You know what Jesus would say on another occasion? If you just had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could move mountains. And so because of her faith, her daughter is healed. It's an incredible story. I think it's a beautiful story. I can't wait to meet this woman in heaven one day and her daughter. And they will be like countless of other saints who've gone before us. That day when we have the marriage supper of the Lamb and we're all at the banquet table of Jesus, there will be people there who love the Lord and missionaries and faithful people and lay people that you've never heard of. History never recorded their names who loved Jesus and had great faith. But this morning, I want to say to you, whether you're a mom or a dad or a parent, uh, just a regular old person who's kind of unnamed in the kingdom, your life can look like this. You can, because you have God's word, you can be spiritually discerning. You've got a one that God laid on your heart. You can be singularly devoted to that one. You have an audience with God. Why not go and be steadfastly determined in your prayers every day, all the time, asking God 
to do great things. Even if you have to say, yes, Lord, yet. Submit to him and watch him do marvelous things in your life. Here's a word for you as you go. It's, it's right where I left off. So the very next verse says, Jesus went ahead from there. He walked beside the Sea of Galilee. He went up on the mountain and he sat down there and great crowds came to him. We heard the story of one woman. Now there are great crowds that came to him. They bring the lame, the blind, the crippled, the mute, and others, and they put them at his feet and he healed them so that the crowds wandered when they saw the mute speak and the crippled healthy and the lame walking and the blind seeing, and they glorified the God of Israel. Every single thing that God wants to do in your life, whether it's a challenge, whether it's a difficulty, whether it's a great praise, whether it's wonderful prosperity, every single part is for his glory. And when you become spiritually discerning enough to recognize that, then you'll know what God is doing in your life. Have a great day to you. God bless you. Thank you for listening to audio from Emmanuel Baptist Church, located in Billings, Montana. Feel free to make copies of this message to give to others, but please do not charge for those copies or alter the content in any way without permission. For more information about Emmanuel, please visit us online at www.myemmanuel.net.